Welcome to MLD Wealth, Money Matters, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights on the market and economy. Hosted by Chad Larson, top-ranking portfolio manager at CG Wealth Management and founder of MLD Wealth Management. In this podcast, Chad shares concise, clear and authentic views on the market, helping gain greater clarity on the current state of the investment landscape facing investors. Hey guys, um, I've been fielding a few questions and comment emails and a couple phone calls on kind of the dramatization of, I think everyone's hearing on the news, Silicon Valley Bank uh, has failed to drag down another bank uh, as well. Um, some interesting developments in around Credit Suisse and there's just maybe some PTSD and fear over what... Uh, investors went through during the global financial crisis. So a couple of the questions were, how are the current issues in the global banking sector impacting my portfolio? Do you think this is the start of another banking sector collapse? As a Canadian investor, how am I being impacted? Quite honestly, this is solely my view, Silicon Valley Bank failed uh, due to poor risk management rather than systemic weakness in the U.S. regional banking system. Um, Silicon Valley Bank is, was focused on lending to venture-backed tech and life sciences companies, uh, including their investors and their founders. During the pandemic, uh, no one was spending any money or was getting a ton of money. Ca- interest rates were zero. A lot of capital came to the system. They took on over $130 billion in deposits, uh, incredible inflows as venture capital-backed companies raised equities during the tech boom. Um Silicon Valley Bank Management sought to kind of bolster short-term profits by investing in U.S. treasuries and mortgage-backed securities to pick up some yield, opening them to the risk of significant losses if rates increased. Well, as we all know, guess what's happened? Rates have accelerated at the fastest pace in modern history. So fast forward into 2023, venture firms have been unable to raise equity at the same valuation seen during the pandemic and have been instead been drawing down on their cash balances to fund their operations. Uh, these companies are backed by venture firms that demand attractive rates on their deposits. The interest Silicon Valley was paying on deposits was nearly triple the yield provided by their investment in treasuries. So after exhausting other avenues of liquidity, the company just, you know, had to sell its entire uh, availability for sale liquidity portfolio. A lot of this was in counting rules. You have deposits, and you have to pay uh, de- interest to, to your depositors. So you take those deposits and you invest them in treasuries and securities and try to match duration or the length and when these treasuries would mature to match like your expected pace of people withdrawing money. So first off, people took out their money a way higher rate than they had expected it to uh, B, They got greedy and went, you know, went into kind of longer parts of the curve to get more interest. Um, and from an accounting rule, when, uh, when you have your available uh, for sale liquidity portfolio, that's mark to market. When it's in long-term treasuries, you don't mark to market them. They just sit there because if you hold them to maturity, you get paid par. So as they had to pull money forward into their availability for sale liquidity uh, portfolio, uh, they took a $1.8 billion loss uh, and they had to eat that because it's depositors money. Um, So they ate it um, in pairing the bank's capital position. So to in order to 
maintain their capital, they quietly walked around and tried to raise two and a half billion dollars, uh, 2.25 billion of equity, and they were unsuccessful. So concerns over the bank's capital and the liquidity prompted by many of the bank's clients to withdraw cash, the speed at which you know information flows now uh, creates a bit of a fire in the theater phenomenon, uh, with $42 billion being withdrawn on Thursday, March 9th alone, leaving the bank completely insolvent. So the U.S. Federal Deposit Insurance Company Corporation, FDIC, uh, took over the bank. Uh, all this to say is that we believe this was a result of poor risk management. Um, and the near-term fallout appears likely to be contained in, to the technology and life sciences industries uh, to which Silicon Valley Bank catered to. Um, they had problems before this. They underpriced their loans uh, in exchange for equity upside. They had heavily concentrated deposit base and had a notable fraud in its capital lending business portfolio in 2021. Rising rates were simply the straw that broke the camel's back. In terms of broader financial system contagion or economic impact, there was real risk that the failure of Silicon Valley Bank could spur a bank run or other smaller regional banks. At one point, some of the regional banks were down 70% in value intraday, uh, which could create uh, added instability and a negative spillover effect, such as companies being able to access deposits to meet payroll. So all the Treasury did, and the U.S. Treasury and the FDIC and the U.S. Federal Reserve, um, they took significant decisive actions on Sunday evening uh, to quell that risk, creating additional liquidity for banks. This is not a bailout. All they've done is said, give me your longer bonds that you have against your deposits, and we're just going to give you cash for them because we don't want anyone to panic. Um, and you know they're exchanging that, taking on some duration, and the Fed will hold them until they mature. Um, so... It was effectively for both insured and uninsured deposits. So everyone got their money. Uh, this latter decision creates a little bit of moral hazard. Obviously, as deposit insurance limits are well publicized. And you know we believe diversification among large depositors should be encouraged. Uh, but it was ultimately necessary to stave off a uh, run on other regional banks. Talking a bit about Credit Suisse, um, you know, listen, the European Central Bank, um, they had met last night. They announced today a 50 basis point hike, um, obviously, which led stocks lower. And to be honest, it was fantastic news. Uh, I think with the kind of uneasiness and kind of the, the weakened position that Credit Suisse is in, which is a big global institution in Europe uh, and, and broadly across the globe, um, if the ECB didn't hike, it would it would have been a very uh, interesting signal um, to us that perhaps there was more under the surface bubbling that maybe we didn't all see. Um, so the ECB's decision to um, hike um, gives us the confidence there's not a lot of contagion that we're seeing, uh, um, you know, across global financial systems. So, you know, you know, I've kind of touched on, you know, what the current issues are, um, how they impact portfolios. I had no exposure to um, these banks in them themselves. Um, didn't own any of the regional banks. Um, I had a small position in uh, Klaus, our uh, global growth portfolio in Roku. They had a large deposit um, with Silicon Valley Bank. They received all of their cash. Um, so a non-event, but... You know, these are all gut checks and back to where we uh, started the year saying we're going to have very uneasiness and choppiness through the front half of the year. 
and expected the market to be constructive into the back half of the year as uh, as the market would look to you know discount the recovery that we see in 2024 remember we have this scenario where you have either a good economy in a bad market or a bad market in a good economy. Um, and those tides are, are, are shifting uh, live underneath their feet. So, yes, there's absolutely some bumps, um, more turbulence uh, ahead. Um, positioning strategies have held up incredibly well and we're very happy with how things sit. If you have any more questions, feel free to give me a call or any member of the team. And we're happy to uh, discuss further. Have a wonderful day. The comments expressed in this podcast are the results of work done by MLD Wealth Management. They may differ from the opinion of Canaccord Genuity Corp and should not be considered as representative of Canaccord Genuity Corp beliefs, opinions, or recommendations. All views expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities. The statements expressed herein are not intended to provide tax, legal, or financial advice and under no circumstances should be construed as solicitation to act as a securities broker or dealer in any jurisdiction. All views are intended for general circulation only and do not have any regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or general needs of any particular person, organization, or institution. Please do not hesitate to contact us should you want to know more about the information contained in this video or have any related questions. Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management in Canada is a division of Canaccord Genuity Corp. member, Canadian Investor Protection Fund, and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.